So this is a little bit uh, out of date at this point, I suppose. But that's uh, how we do, baby. That's yep. <laughs> we say as we're about to watch a uh, an episode of television from 60 years ago. But I think we both felt when the logo for the United States Space Force uh, was revealed that that it deserved a mention on our Star Trek podcast. I'm not sure I'm not sure why. I don't know what it what exactly it was that made us made us think that, but um... other than that it looks exactly like the Starfleet logo. Oh yes, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was in fact it. I mean, I don't even know how much more there is to say about it other than just that that it that it is the Starfleet logo. It's like like that is just what it is. Like now, I know that like there has been like a history of aeronautics logos that also that probably the Starfleet logo was itself based on. So kind of similar to our last episode, we were talking about how like there's an Enterprise spaceship in the opening of Enterprise that was only named that because people who liked the original show wanted to be named that. Like I'm sure there is like kind of a an Ouroboros a little bit of that of those two things like kind of affecting the other. But also, it's like you—they had to know this was gonna. People were gonna talk about this, you know. Like, it's, yes, it's—it really is because the thing is, is that it's not just like one element. Like, like it's really the main difference is that there's like a planet uh, behind the the arrow in the space yeah. force logo, and then basically everything else is the same essentially. Like, there's an arrow pointing up. There's a, a, a star field in the background. There is like a sort of an orbiting line, like satellite of some kind. Yeah. yeah, and then it's circular. And then like the the name of the of the thing is like going around the the image. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's nuts to me. Like it's <laughs> that I don't know. It just it just seems like just a I don't know. Uh, it, it's it, it's just one of those things where it's like, come on, like somebody had to know. Yeah, like if if it was on purpose, you should say it was on purpose, and there's no way it wasn't in some way on on purpose. Yeah. Anyway, if you somehow haven't seen it, go look it up. It's nuts. The Space Force logo is the Starfleet logo, and yep. uh, we just live in a silly. We live in a silly reality. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Out of Contracts, uh, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And in uh, this week's show, we are going to be talking about Star Trek original series, season three, episode... Uh, well, we talked about this last time. Uh, I, I believe it's production uh, episode two, but then maybe release episode 13. I believe when we watched it on Netflix, uh, it was episode... 13 is that what you yeah i watched it on well i watched it on hulu and it was episode 13 on there but television used to be weird i think is the uh is the conclusion well they still do that now but i don't think people make as big a deal out in terms of like when each thing was made i, I know that, like community there is some stuff with that like where some of the episodes of community were released out of production order but like it doesn't really matter and it also doesn't matter in this one either because it's not like the original series star trek had any kind of inter-episode continuity in it so right Anyway, though, the episode is called Elan of Troyes. So kind of a fun, a fun episode title in that two of the three words in it are not real words. And that's, it. that's like the only fun thing about the episode, maybe. Yep, that may be where it ends. Um, I kind of like the gray chicken, but we'll get there later. So, so when we had 
when you had sent me the title of the episode we were going to watch, I just assumed that it was some drumming up either of, like, maybe this is what it is in the original Greek or something, of Helen of Troy. Because I think there's another episode where they do something like that, where it's like a a thing, and it's just like, I don't recognize this name, but it's just what the actual, you know, it's just a different way of writing a thing from history. So that was what I assumed, is that this is just how they said Helen of Troy back in the 60s, or how they thought the Greeks said it. Mm. And then learned that the... Because then when the episode starts, you find out that, like, that's actually... The character's name is Elon, and she's from the planet of Troyes. That it's actually just the character in the episode. I, I should say, too, just in case anyone does... If everyone emails me or thinks in their heads, Elon, it's a real word. I know it is, but it's not... It's not E-L-A-A-N. That's that's how they spell it in this uh, in this episode, so... This is referring to someone's name, not like uh, Vim or Vigor. Right. So I have a couple of questions for you about this episode before we begin. Okay. Is this the worst episode we've seen for the podcast? Oh, boy. So here's the thing. I think part of it depends on in what sense, like how you mean worst even uh, then, okay. it's so. So, in terms of like, do you mean worst in terms of entertainment value or production value, or worst in terms of takes the worst stance on things? <laughs> like most sexist episode. For the purposes of the bit that I'm doing, let's say, is this the morally the worst episode of Star Trek that you've seen for the show? I think in either in either case, it's it's in close competition with the Riza episode of Enterprise. Yeah, because that one also does have. Tucker and Malcolm Reed just eyeing up women in a bar and then yeah. being like very oh, frustrated to find out that they're dudes. Yeah. More so than they are to find out that they're being robbed and tied up in a basement. Well, I, I, my other two questions are going to be is this the worst episode of Star Trek ever? And is this the worst episode of TV that has ever been made? But I, <laughs> we, I, we probably have gone really over the point there. This episode is bad. It's it's quite <laughs> bad. Now, I, I do agree with you. Like, I think you can't find an original series episode that is not, like, good to look at. And I think that's true in this episode as well. And also, I think that, you know, the thing is with that Rice episode we did, the uh, Two Days and Two Nights for Enterprise... The problem with that episode is that that episode came out in like 2002 or something. Right. And this came out in 1968. And so there is a... I'm not, I think that they should have known better in 1968 for some of the stuff they do in this episode. But certainly they all should have known better by the time that that Enterprise episode comes out. Um, so there is like a little bit a little bit of this that you can like say like this is of its time. But like... Yeah, but that's something that I'm always wary of using as an excuse for anything. I think... That's a valid thing to be wary of, but I think also, like, even if you do use that as your argument, it's like, I watch, I've seen all the James Bond movies. I've seen, like, the Sean Connery Bond movies, and, like, some of them are this bad, but some of them are not. Yeah. Like, there is a media at this time period that is not this retrograde when it comes to, like... Yeah. I mean, some of the James Bond movies are this bad, though. Like, the... No, you're right, you're right. Which, I think it's are. You Only Live Twice, like, the one where he spends most of it in Japan. That one is... Very much along these same lines, extremely sexist. Well, there, there, yeah, there are a couple of uh, of the Conneries where he uh, straight up commits a rape. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to say that those are like uh, Bastion's morality either, because they're not. But I mean, like, what is the thesis of this episode? It's basically just like, 
women. Am I right? Like that's that's basically what the episode I, is. I, I wondered if this would happen because I wrote down that exact thing. I can send you a <laughs> screenshot if you want, but I literally it 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 is. That's the alternative title of this episode. Because you can't even make the argument that it's about like the specific woman in the episode because it's clearly not. There are multiple lines that characters say about like what it's like to be in love with a woman. Yeah, or just like have to deal with a woman in general. Yeah, it's just awful. So this this atrocity was uh, written and directed <laughs> by John uh, Meredith Lucas, a real auteur. He handled both uh, elements of this. Who had presumably just gone through a bad breakup or something. Yeah, I don't know. He's a director on two other episodes, and he's a, he is a writer on three other episodes. I recognize some of the names of some of them, but none of them um, like jump out to me as like, oh, it's that one. So okay. I'm not I'm not certain. He he's a produ- he was a producer on several episodes too, including some that we really like. He was a producer on a piece of the action and the Omega Glory, Journey to Babel. But um, you know, I don't really know like how in the weeds he was on those. I'm curious. I didn't look at this up before. I'm curious, like what like the reception to this is in terms of what people think about it because like there's yeah, um, I, I don't either there's a couple of episodes that i've seen like that that later on like the cast of like tng has kind of remarked on them later in a pretty unfavorable way so like mm-hmm. there's that episode in the first in the first season where like basically they go to a planet and the planet is basically just black people it's, it's just like an african nation who are depicted as like savages and i think uh jonathan frakes has has referred to that episode as a racist piece of a word that we won't say for our family family podcast um it, and certainly like i think we had talked also previously about that like the gothic horror episode of tng where beverly has an affair with a ghost as uh-huh. like something that like some of the people in that involved also not received it well you know this one again it came out in an earlier time period so like it was you know apparently John Meredith Lucas was not running out of town on a rail on this uh, after this episode came out, which maybe he should have been. So I don't really know like what the thought was on it um, at the time. It looks like, in hindsight, anyway, people are pretty scathing on this, which is not okay. surprising because it is—it's pretty right. bad. Okay, so we haven't even talked about like what the episode's about at all. So the summary on Memory Alpha is: the Enterprise transports Elon Dolman of Elas to an arranged marriage on Troyus. That's the whole—that's <laughs> the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Which again is another like three of those were actual words. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a, that's a real crimes of Grindelwald situation. Yeah. So yeah, that's let's. Um, I I will say too. Like I don't know how long this episode's gonna be. We I think we kind of before that we started recording we said this might be a shorter episode because like what else is there to say about it? But we we're also already like 15 minutes in and have just been talking about how bad it is. So it that's, might be a fair. longer episode. I can say from my notes. I wrote like three notes and then I just wrote the word spanking and then I stopped writing notes. Uh, All right. So, so I, I actually, I actually put myself through this episode twice because the first time I, I wrote no notes. I wrote the women am I right. And, (laughs) and then just kind of like sat there in shock as it washed over me. Um, So I had to go back and watch this one again, just to come up with something to write or say about it. And and even then, I still am not completely sure I followed the plot of the episode. So we'll see. Yeah, that that's the other thing about this we'll episode is that besides that besides all the sexism in it, which is you can't really say besides because that is the episode. But like, 
it is just bad. Like I don't even I don't really understand like what was happening or like it was it was kind of that thing we were talking about recently with like Soldiers of the Empire where you were kind of upset that like the part where they fight a ship like happens off screen where it just kind of felt like there's like this thing at the end where they're getting like harassed by Klingons and you're kind of like why is this happening and like why are yeah. we all not really being shown what's happening like it it's just it's just a yeah nightmare, I but. again even after rewatching it I got it maybe a little more but I still there's a lot that like I don't make sense I I don't know why uh so anyways so the episode starts with the Enterprise's has essentially been brought in to work as an intermediary between two planets that are at war with each other. They're planets within the same star system that are at war with each other, and this is a star system that is both the Federation and the Klingons kind of want to control the system, and so basically if they fail in this mission, then the Federation's influence over the system is dependent on their success. But no one, at least at the start of the episode, no one really knows why this is an important system for either the Federation or the Klingons. Like, Scotty makes some comment about just like, well, I haven't, after being to the planet, there's like nothing there that I can understand why we're, why we care so much. And so they beam aboard the ambassador of one planet, and then they beam aboard Elan, who is a, someone who's high up in the kind of royalty of the other planet, and we find out that she is to be married to the leader of, you know, basically there's an arranged marriage between two members of both of these planets' royal families, and that will bring peace between the two planets. It's a very kind of sort of feudal, Middle Ages type of solution to things. Yeah. She's she's the dolman, by the way, who is like a top, a top like noble, I think, on this, in this planet. Yeah. And it lost. And she comes aboard the ship, and she's very arrogant and orders everyone about, and quickly everyone becomes exasperated with how difficult this woman is to deal with, and she doesn't have manners, and and then that's basically the majority of the episode, is people being exasperated with her being difficult to deal with. <laughs> and so that that takes up most of the actual screen time, but there's very little to say about it. And essentially, Kirk is really the only person who's able to get through to her because he's willing to... Because he's willing to be mean. Because he's willing to be sexist to her, yeah. Right. (laughs) He's like, well, you know, like, women just need a, a strong hand and someone to tell them what to do, basically. And then ends up... So... I'm sorry. I keep like trying to think through this episode and then just I, so, making noises. If I may, I, I think the only really like part of like that whole thing that we need to call out specifically is that at some point, Kirk tells um, what's the other guy's name the the green the green skinned guy who's who's oh, trying to get her ambassador. over to their planet. Uh, Petri is his name, um, okay. and so. Petri, at one point, he doesn't know how to get through to her, and Kirk says, we should try being aggressive with her, and so then he tries to be aggressive with her, and she stabs him. And then he is in the sickbay, and he kind of is saying, he kind of lets lets slip that... Because uh, earlier in the episode, like, Bones had made mention of the fact that, like, the women of of or, of Elas are said, are said to have mystical powers over men. And he kind of says this with, like, this, like, 
lascivious smile on his face and uh, Spock makes like this face kind of like oh boy like like which is like <laughs> yeah. the one time in the episode where anyone like has any kind of you know counter reaction to like the rampant sexism on board the Enterprise so <laughs> I almost wonder if that was just an acting choice that <laughs> just of Leonard Nimoy dealing with DeForest Kelly yeah because he because I don't think uh, Spock does anything that's like explicitly bad in this episode like he kind of seems like he he ends up kind of avoiding dealing with her for the most for the most part um so maybe he kind of acquits himself a little better but but anyway um so uh we learn that the reason why they have this mystical power is that it's not mystical it's biochemical so if a elas woman cries and a man touches her tears then he is basically it's basically a love potion like he he, his biochemistry changes and he becomes like hopelessly in love with uh, the woman. So long story short, at one point when Ilan is being really, really terrible, Kirk starts lecturing and shouting at her. At one point he says... This is the point where he threatens to spank her also. Yes, and he threatens to spank her and then she starts crying and he he does not know about this tears thing and he touches her tears and he falls in love with her and then for the rest of the episode... He's trying to make like good captain decisions, but he can't because like he is kind of illogically like trying to to serve uh, her, and that's kind of the only that's kind of the only like other plot thing that happens with that you know just kind of at, yeah uh, until the end. And so she she then uses this to try to like manipulate him to you know instead of taking her to be married to the prince of Troyes or whatever to like instead attack Troyes and they can then defeat their enemies right but it also seems like she wants to be with him legitimately um which yeah. i don't understand this is one of the things that i could never figure out like did she whether that was this was all just her trying to manipulate him or if she was actually in love with kirk and like the longer it goes on the less clear that becomes yeah i think that she is in love with kirk and again it's just another like sexist element of like this thing of a bad woman will respect like your authority and so you just got to be tough on him or, or whatever. I don't know. It, it's yeah. So then, meanwhile, this is the part that I really did not understand, is that they kind of get, like, sort of, but not entirely attacked by a Klingon ship. And then while that's going on, one of, like, the aides of Yeah, uh, it's her, like, chief bodyguard or whatever. He sabotages their ship to blow up. But then I was not really understanding why he did that, because it seemed like it would have blown up with her on the ship. So yeah. Like, yeah. did you, so this is did where you understand broke, that broke down for me? And again, even with watching it again, so the Klingons are trying to, there's a brief, like kind of exposition in an elevator scene at the beginning of the episode where we learn that kind of both the Klingons and the Federation are trying to get influence with the system. So if the Federation fails in bringing peace between these two planets, then presumably the Klingons will have more influence here. So the Klingons come and they're... So at first they're trying to... They're trying to destroy the Enterprise. And Bodyguard, whose name is Crichton, and so Crichton is working for the Klingons for some reason, and so he sabotages the ship. He wants to protect his daughter, Curiel. Sorry, that's a bad Little Mermaid joke. Go on. Oh, I was like, what? What are what? I missed that part. I I, I get I get it now. 
it took I have for, it all you. for you. He he's really he wants to protect the manuscript to Space Jurassic Park. <laughs> right, it's both, it's both not bad. better. It's not better. <laughs> you are a dad though, so I guess I can't blame yes. you. Um <laughs> anyways. Um Creighton, who who is wearing plastic placemats as armor. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I think they actually even like say that they're wearing like body armor at some point in the episode. They like called out that they're supposed to be wearing like tactical gear, and they're like wearing like some of the fakest, yeah, costuming that is in a, a yeah, Star Trek episode. It's, it's pretty egregious, but anyway, so he he sabotages the ship so that when the Klingons, what they want to happen is that the Klingons sort of act like they're going to attack Enterprise, and then they expect that Enterprise will try to go into warp speed, which will make it blow up. So it'll look like an accident. It won't look like they were attacked by the Klingons. But Scotty catches on to this, and, and they they don't blow up that way. But then the Klingons end up just going ahead and attacking them anyways. And this is the part where I couldn't figure out... So so Elan says, makes some comment about that Crichton... Like, he wanted to marry her himself... And so that's why he was trying to betray them, was because he didn't want to see her married to the Troyans. But blowing up the entire ship with all of them on it seems like kind of the worst way to do that, if that was the case. And I never quite figured out if she... Like, was she behind all of this, and she wanted the Klingons to to come? Or, like, who who was involved in what? I could never quite figure out. Yeah. Because then at the end, she's suddenly, like, is afraid that she's about to die and within the same character within the same episode makes the swing from being the evil conniving sinister woman to being the like damsel in distress that is just soft and beautiful and needs to be protected i mean not to not to keep beating this drum but like i do think that it's just more of the sexism i think that's yeah i think the implication there is that like she found a good man to like calm her down um in in kirk and and that's why she's she's like that yeah so they're they're about to be destroyed by the klingons and then they spock finds out that the the necklace that she's wearing which she says is just made of these like common stones that are all over the place on her planet um is actually dilithium crystals which are the sort of the power source for warp engines and so they're able to use that to fix the engines and then defeat the Klingons with uh, with those. Did you say, I'm sorry if I missed it, did you say that like the necklace that she's wearing, it, like it's it's common stones on, on those planets, which is that's why, that, that ends up being why the Klingons want to interfere is because they want to have these worlds be allied with the Klingons because it's a ready source of dilithium crystals. Yeah, like that's the actual sort of strategic value of these worlds. Yeah. Which I, I don't know why the Enterprise didn't know that. Either Starfleet didn't know or didn't tell them about it, but anyways. Um, and so they use that, they drive off the Klingons, and then deliver her to proceed with her arranged marriage. And her and Kirk have this, like, tearful farewell where she says she really did love him and then the little like button at the end where Kirk and Spock say things to each other or not Kirk and Spock where McCoy and Spock you know McCoy is like I finally found a cure for the this thing that she was doing to him and and Spock says 
oh, well, he already cured himself because he was in love with the Enterprise before he was ever in love with her. And you see Kirk being the captain, and then the episode ends. Like, that also seems like, that seems like a pretty big, as as Trump might say, like, big if true. Like, if he if he did find a cure to this thing that is, like, plagued the civilization for centuries, apparently. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Hey, I did this. I think I had this huge medical breakthrough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, this is the same guy that cured death in uh, whichever movie, right? Technically, not the exact same guy. He's a diff- that's a different timeline. Uh, but Fair but yeah, enough. yeah, you're you're right. He uh, he did cure death in in Into Darkness. Was but, that Into Darkness? Star yeah. Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean that's the episode. So. I I kind of, and we've been talking about it a lot, but I still kind of worry that we have not fully like <laughs> explained like we, what. Yeah, we've kind of skipped over the the meat of the episode, which is the most terrible part of it. Yeah, so uh, because, which is everyone trying to teach this woman manners or like ladylike yeah. behavior. Because <laughs> she she is she gets there and she's really kind of pouty. And she doesn't like anything that's given to her, and she's complaining about stuff, and she's like eating food in a rude way, and she's like throwing things at people who she doesn't like. At one point, like Kirk is like, "Here's a fork. Like you need to learn how to use a, use silverware." And and it's like, first of all, she doesn't. I can. I, I sure she's certainly being unpleasant, but like, this is a very. I mean, not even ever. There are cultures on Earth that don't just like use the same set of, of like silverware that. Yeah, like plate and yeah, fork and it's knife. It's not that's and you don't need to like be going around telling other planets like you have to learn how to use human forks like but right. and he, he Also she clearly knows how to use a knife because this is after she's already stabbed the right. one guy in the back. <laughs> so she, she is so she's like oh you can use these to eat food too but yeah wow. So like there's a lot of that and him just kind of being like just lecturing her. But then Lest you think this is like a... Spe- and it's a very... It's it's kind of a very taming of the shrew type of interaction, where it's, you know, this poorly behaved woman, and really all she needs is... Because they, first they have the ambassador who's, like, trying to teach her manners so that she can go be a good wife, and she won't listen to him, and she throws things at him and eventually stabs him. And Kirk is just like, oh, well, all she needs is just somebody who's stronger than her to, like, be a little rough with her. Yeah. Smack her around a little bit. It's also worth saying, too, that, like, I don't know what the race is of f- France. N- yeah, when... so I, I, I did uh, look her up, actually. So she is French, but her, uh, I think her mother is Vietnamese. Like, she's half Vietnamese, um, but she's from okay, and her And her name is, is name France, France Nguyen. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I might be saying that wrong, as I apologize if I am. But she, so she is, or she no, is, uh, yeah, I, think and, and she, I think they may have darkened her skin for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So her, her mother was French and her father is Vietnamese. Yeah. Um, but she like, so that's the actor who's playing Ilan. They've darkened her skin. I think maybe, and they have her wearing like very, what you would call in the sixties, like exotic clothing, I think. And so like, there's an additional like racism thing at play, I think in terms of, 
again, this is she's like yeah, she's very much presented as like an other yeah, she's like kind sort. of like a, a savage, you know, again to use a, a you know terrible term, like that's I think that's kind of what they're kind of trying to say that she is. So like, there's that aspect of it. She she has no civilized manners, but then just in case you you could come away from this thinking, well, they're they're just kind of saying that this one person's got some problems. There is a line. Maybe the worst line ever written in Star Trek, um, in which uh, Kirk is about to go into her room, and he turns to Spock and says, Mr. Spock, the women on your planet are logical. That's the only planet in this galaxy that can make that claim. <laughs> so just, yep. again, truly that is the thesis statement of the, sh- of the show is, women, am I right? Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, he just decides to generalize about all women in not even all human the women, just like all any 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 woman anywhere anything that could be called or considered a woman they're not logical yeah except for apparently yeah, Vulcans. Except for Vulcans, yeah. I, I thought it was weird too you know this is i think the first time i've seen an episode of the original series since i since i watched tng that nurse chapel is in any with for any significant amount of time and so it was like, oh yeah, that's true. We got our, we got understand. Yeah, and so it was interesting to see Majel Barrett in this after having seen her as Luxana, and I love, I love her as Luxana. I think she's great. And I was like, this sucks that she's in this episode because she's like such a cool <laughs> like female character on the show. She's like one of the best female characters yeah, I think, in Star true. Trek, and just I don't know. Just I thought that was rough too, you know. So there's there's like that element of it, but then. On the other side of the tears thing, then it becomes about how women are like she devils who would bewitch men and who like us poor men we we can't mm-hmm. you know we're we're if a woman gets her feminine wiles on us like then they're then we we can't do anything about that and they're evil that way too like um, it, the first half of the episode is like women are stupid and they don't know what the right things to do are and we have to tell them otherwise they're not going to listen to us or they're not going to do the right thing and the second half of it is like but man like we can't resist women and you know they're evil for like making us do illogical stuff when they woo us in a way that we can't control and so like it's just awful it's just awful all the way down it really is really bad yeah no it, it's it's like every every may be strong but it feels like every negative stereotype about women that like all kind of rolled up into like they just sort of hit all of it at yeah, once it's, it's pretty rough and I really don't have anything else to say about it like I think the only other note that I had was that there's kind of this funny moment at the beginning where um, where she's about to get uh, beamed onto the ship and all of the people who are from Elas or Troyes kneel but none of the people on the um, in the crew kneel, uh, on the Enterprise crew kneel. And then she comes on, and then Kirk makes this look like at his other people, like, "Well, she is pretty hot." Like is what it seems like he's saying. And then and then they all kneel, like like. Uh-huh. And then like, they all kneel. It's like kind of like, well, you got to give the hotness like the credit it's due, I guess, like like or something. Like it's such a weird little like bit that's never like explained, you know. But um, yeah, that's like the only like that's truly. The only other thing that I, we that I hadn't that we hadn't like talked about. I, I, yeah, I I would say that I I just had kind of some random little things. I I do love like anytime Scotty opens his mouth, I love it. Um, I like Scotty mm-hmm. a lot. I mean that's that's the thing is that like 
I can't. I'm not going to make excuses for anything about this episode because it really is terrible. But but it is still an original series episode, and so like in the scenes where Kirk, where Kirk and Elon are not together, you can at least be like, oh, Scotty's fun. Spock is still good. Yep. Like and and, and everything looks great. Like the costuming, like placemat people aside, like the costuming yeah. is always like good and like it just is like nice to look at the stuff and it really does like i th- i think that like in a lot of ways like this is the best looking star trek show still you know in, in its own way yeah and i i will say taken by itself the combat bit at the end when they're actually fighting off the klingons that part i thought was actually like well done and like they do a good job of making it feel very tense and again, by that point, you're already just kind of like fed up with this yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I gotta say, like, I, but but if you just took that scene, <laughs> if you just took that scene by itself, I thought it was really because it's very like the Klingons are going to come around for another pass, and like they keep doing these like last ditch. You know, he has Sulu turn the shields a certain way to kind of fend them off long enough, and then they finally get the the lithium crystals to fix the ship, and then draw them in, and then fire their full spread of torpedoes. Like it's a well done. Star Trek ship fight, I thought. I found it kind of hard to parse, but honestly, like I think I might have just been kind of checked out. Like, like, like I was, you know, I, I'm, I've always watched the episodes, I paid attention and stuff, but like, I was just felt so exhausted by this by the end of it. <laughs> by that point, you're just like, this is just yeah. so bad. Just and I, bad. I should say, like, when I say like this is still the best looking Star Trek show, and that I still like like some of the non elements of it, it's like that's not an excuse for anything that they do in this episode. If you want to watch a Star Trek episode of the original series, just don't watch this one. Like, watch... There's, yeah, there's, like, 78 other ones. And I'm sure some of those have problems, too, but I really don't remember anything that's this bad in any of the other ones. But, uh... Um, I mean, I... I, But I could be wrong about that, so take, you know... But I'll say, like, watch Court Martial or watch watch The Omega Glory. Those are both way better than this one. and more fun and yeah. uh, to watch. So, watch Trouble. Yeah, watch Trouble. It's great. It's there's uh, just don't watch this one. Um, so yeah, uh, d- anything else? I, I mean, I have a couple other like little things, but I don't know that there's. Well, no, I mean, if, you, if you want to mention them, uh, hit me. I guess I guess the the other couple little things. Um, there's a point where they're in sick bay, and this is kind of later on in the episode because they're. I think it's right after Kirk. They take Kirk to sickbay because he had been, because they find out that uh, that her tears got on him, and so McCoy's trying to figure out a way to cure it. And then, like the ambassador is just kind of suddenly there, standing like behind all of them, like he was off screen, and he had also just not been in the episode for a while at this point. And there's just kind of this moment where he just like pipes up and says something, and everyone's just like, "Oh, oh, that's right, you're still here too," <laughs> just like hanging around in sickbay. The only other, and I, again, I don't have much to say about it, but there's this weird thing that Kirk says. So when they're on their way to um, to beam the the dolmen aboard, they're like riding in the elevator or something, and Kirk gets a like a call from Uhura, and she says that they're the Elysians are very upset, and they demand an explanation for the delay, and he just says, "Demand what delay?" Okay, beam them aboard. And it's just like, he asks like a series of questions that aren't necessarily, like, 
doesn't get answers to either one of them and don't like pertain to each other and then just like goes forward it's just a weird thing that he says yeah that's that is weird i i i didn't catch that but for some reason just like the way he said it like when you listen to what he actually says i was just like what? i'm sorry man i did i watched this episode but like it, <laughs> like i said i made myself watch it twice it's so, it's so offensive it's, it's it's so offensive and bad like it's with the exception of like the most egregious like sexism parts of it like it's hard to like <laughs> it's hard to like for me to like call out like individual elements of it but um well if you don't have anything else that's that is all i've got well thank you for listening uh hopefully this was more enriching to listen to than the episode was to watch um in two weeks we'll be back with hopefully a better episode than this we're back after a brief break from our DS9 uh, Voyager journey. We're going to be back with another DS9 episode. Um, uh, season 5, episode 25, which is called In the Cards. So you can listen to that in two weeks. Um, in the meantime, you can go on our Twitter at contracts, C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website, listen to our episodes there at outofcontracts.podpeen.com. Hey, if you, if you listen to our stuff on iTunes, like, please feel free to leave us a review or a star rating. We appreciate it. Uh, and go check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media uh, Network. We've got... Uh, a science and pop culture uh, show called That's Not How Science Works, a horror uh, media podcast called Here's Johnny, and we have a, a uh, Harry Potter podcast called Wizard Studies. So if you like any of those things, check them out. They're good shows. Um, and yeah, in two weeks, we'll, we'll, we'll be back at you. But thank you guys very much for listening. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Bye.